0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program, where today I'm going to focus on chaos, and how to deal with it and come out in a growing, triumphant fashion. That's what we're gonna be talking about today on Better Than Before. Today's program is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. There's nothing quite
0: like the love of a good dog. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: back to better than before. This is Tony Richards, and I have done a lot of work in workshops with people and in a lot of strategic sessions with my clients talking about the growth curve. And the growth curve is a framework that I use to illustrate how a person or how a company goes through change and why people dislike change so much is typically because of the chaotic period. And when you launch something new in a company, whether it's an initiative, whether it's a new policy, whether or not it's a new phone system, you're going to go through a period where people are going to absolutely go out of their minds hating it. It's not going to go smoothly and people are not going to like the behavioral changes they're going to have to make. And I call this, the chaos stage, and as a CEO, especially in a young, thriving company, you have to absolutely embrace and love chaos, because chaos, as aggravating as it is, is the biggest indicator of growth, because it's where the most intense and primary growing pains occur, is in the chaos stage, and you soon figure out that to get through the chaos stage you have to be a good learner you have to be learning all the time you have to be taking in information all the time you definitely have to be in the moment all the time you have to be able to put your ego aside and you have to be ready to adjust and learn from your mistakes now The chaos in and of itself is not a mistake. It is going to occur even if you do everything right with something different or something new. Chaos is just a natural period that's going to occur when you decide to make an adjustment or make a change. So you're going to learn some things in this whole chaos period from the mistakes you make during chaos not the mistakes you made to create chaos because you create chaos on purpose when you decide to change. But then while you're changing, you have to learn from mistakes you make because you get under intense pressure or things don't seem to be going the right way. You wanted to go left and everything seems to be going right. And so you have to understand that you're going to make the same mistake more than one time. And in my leadership days, That was something that I had to really work on because one of the things I despise is the same mistake being made again, again, and again. And I just get frustrated, like, good Lord, can you not learn that that is not going to work when you do that? But the fact is during chaos, the same mistake is going to be made more than one time. And if you can't embrace these concepts I'm talking about, you might be better off not being in management. And I'm sorry if that's not what you want to hear, but the reality of running a business is that you have to embrace chaos if you're running it and you're the leader, especially in the younger years of the company. And the chaos can get deeper and more intense the bigger the organization is. If you try to control the chaos, you're going to be miserable and you're going to make everyone that works for yourself miserable. So you might as well go with the flow and try to learn all you can. When you're still trying to figure stuff out, chances are maybe you started your company because you're pretty good at something and you felt like you could do something better than other people and you wanted to help other people or you knew there was a need in the market and you set out to address it. There's a lot of reasons people start companies as there are businesses in this world. But when you're a small business owner, You have to embrace chaos and recognize that you need proof of concept. You need to test your product or service. You need to build rapport with potential clients so they will buy you and what you're offering And to do that, you have to become really good at understanding problems and you have to understand how what you offer solves those problems. If you get stuck too early on a certain way of doing business where you think there's only one way to set up your product or service, or maybe you assume that you know what your prospects want, you're going to lose traction, you're going to waste money, you're going to waste time and energy, and eventually you're going to burn out. So how do we handle this chaotic period in change when things are changing? Well, Effective and internal communication is going to be your best buddy as you navigate your way through chaotic periods of destabilization before the company will eventually stabilize and start building capacity. But before that, you're going to go down, 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 backward, backward, pain, pain, pain. So I've got 10 questions that you as the CEO need to be asking that will reduce chaos and get your employees engaged and mobilized. And we're going to do five here in segment two, and then we'll take a break and I'll come back and do the other five. Here's the first one. What does your organization want to be in the future? You need to take the time to talk about this with your team, find out how they think about growth and the potential they see for your organization. And this can evolve as you move from stage to stage to stage in your company. And that's good, right? It's good to continue evolving. You don't want to be on your company version 1.0 for 20 years. You want to go to version 2.0 and version 3.0 and version 4.0, just like a software program. You want to continue to download new versions and better options of your business. And you want your company to be a dynamic living, breathing thing. And as you know, As a human being, you're a living, dynamic, breathing thing. And look at how you've changed from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 and so on. That's what companies do too. Number two, in what area does the company really do well? Your greatest asset when answering this question lies with your customers. You need to know who your core customer is. You need to have them profiled. And a lot of people... It's it's so sad and so crazy, but when you ask some people, who's your core customer, they will say everyone, and that's absolutely impossible. No business out there has everyone as a customer. Every business has a core customer that has demographics, psychographics, habits, lifestyles, And you got to find opportunities to engage these core customers in conversations about how they view the value you're offering. Ask them what they think makes you unique and differentiated in the marketplace. Why do they like working with you? You may think it's because of your product or service, but you may find that like your ability to think ahead of their needs and appreciate that you're always looking out for them might be some of the reasons why they love your company. Number three, what does the company offer that the market wants or needs? Remember, we're talking about engaging your employees in conversations and customers in conversations that give them a sense of control over different aspects of the company, having them better understand why you are unique and why your customers love your products or services builds pride in your employees. When they believe what they do has an impact on others, and on the organization, they're going to become more engaged in making sure they stay ahead of market needs. Number four, why do people want to work here? If you say we pay better than our competitors, that's just a short-sighted answer. And today's wacky labor market aside, there are a lot of reasons that people want to work for companies that have nothing to do with their paycheck. Of course, they want to make a nice money and they want their paycheck to clear the bank. Of course, making a good living is important, but there has to be something more than just getting a paycheck for your employees to be engaged and to be excited to come to work every day. And that answer lies in how you view your employees. Do you see them as individuals or are they just cogs in a wheel to serve a purpose? And you cannot fake this question because employees will see right through it. They'll see whether or not you really have a heart for them or whether or not you're just asking this question because you had it on your checklist. And when people feel valued, their attitude shifts and they become the kind of employee you love to have around. Make sure you know the answer to this question, why people want to work for your company and make sure everyone else in the company knows it as well. Once upon a time, and this podcast, I shy away from talking about myself mostly, but I will tell you that I typically had really good rapport with my employees. And I ran a company at one point where the competition tried to hire me because they couldn't hire any of my employees. And I got to go to a really fancy lunch in Orlando, Florida one time and was offered the deal of a lifetime that you couldn't have scripted it any better as to what they offered me that would trip my trigger and be close to my heart but I turned it down. And one of the reasons they said they wanted to hire me is because they had failed to hire a lot of my employees. And the reason my employees wouldn't leave, they said was because of me. And so you need to explore this answer and you need to figure out, I really truly believe that talented people will gravitate to leaders who have their best interests at heart. If they think you're out for them and you're out for their best interests, they will gravitate to you. Number five, what are the company's values? Undefined values that are not written down are simply ideas about how people should behave. And that leads to expectations that can never be met, frustration on the part of the managers and burnout on the part of the employees. Your values are critical to your business. You have to define them. You have to make them easy to remember, talk about them, reward people when you see them practicing the values with coworkers or customers. Values are like your code of ethics. They tell your employees what behaviors you encourage and what behaviors you won't tolerate. And you cannot leave this up to employees to figure out as they go. And they're going to get discouraged early on and the good ones are going to leave. So, Don't just say, well, that's our culture. It's really kind of hard to define. No, you define your culture by your values. Your values should be the definition of how you want people to operate in your organization. So those are five questions you need to be asking yourself and getting the really deep quality answers to when you get into chaos stage of change. I'll have the other five for you coming up next here on Better Than Before.
0: There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. receive weekly coaching tips from tony richards delivered straight to your inbox whether you're a ceo or an entrepreneur tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry tony's monday morning coaching memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more Text the word LEADERSHIP to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday morning coaching memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Coach Tony Richards, and we're talking about the chaos stage Of the growth curve, we're talking about the chaos stage of change and disruption inside your organization, because you made a decision to do something different. You made a decision to change something integral to the company. And now it looks like, feels like, smells like things are going chaotic and the wiring has gone crazy. And that's just a natural part of change. When you go out to play golf for the first time, you do all kinds of things because you're in chaos stage. You haven't found your rhythm, your flow. You have not found your capacity for the game yet. And it's the same way when you do something different in a company. You choose a different software program. You hire a different person that's a real impact person. You decide to do something with a new offering you decide to rebrand, all kinds of things you decide to do to make a change in your company is gonna go through a real unstable chaos change and chaos stage before you start building capacity again. And I've got 10 questions that you need to be answering during chaos or perhaps you take these questions down, you start answering them before you hit chaos and they help you restabilize the company. Number six, what types of behaviors... Do you encourage and you need to be specific going the extra mile for a customer helping a new employee feel welcome improving leadership skills dealing with conflict in a healthy manner without letting anger create issues being accountable owning up to mistakes identifying areas where the company can improve a process all of these are behaviors. And if these are the things you encourage, you have to let your people know, look, I'm looking for you to do these things. You have to know what those behaviors are, and they should be congruent and in alignment with your values. Number seven, what kind of behaviors are discouraged? Again, you have to be specific. Let me just throw some out off the top of my head. Sending angry texts to employees, sending out angry email messages back and forth, glossing over a customer's concern or complaint for any reason, lack of follow through, being late to meetings, allowing critiques to form that cause other employees to feel uneasy, gossiping. Is it okay for employees to show up late? Is it okay for employees to be disrespectful? What are the behaviors that you discourage and you won't tolerate? You need to have them down in clarity, and they need to be communicated to people. I used to not tolerate, unless you're absolutely serious and you've made your final decision, I would not tolerate letters of resignation. I would always accept them. So if you're coming into my office to give me a letter of resignation, you better be serious about it because I'm going to be, and I'm going to take it. I'm not going to hand it back to you and tell you to think about it over the weekend. I'm not going to go and try to figure out if I can offer you more money. I'm not going to try to figure out if I can give you some kind of promotion or a car or a gas card. No, I'm not going to do that because your value, if it's there, that let me qualify that, your value, if it's there, should have already been recognized by me as the leader. And I should have offered these things before you decided to resign. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite by offering you all these things. When I know in your head and in your heart, you've already resigned and checked out and you're just formalizing it by handing me a letter. I'm going to take it from you. So it was a rule. Everybody knew it, that if you're going to bring me a resignation letter, you better be serious because I'm taking it. So you got to figure out what are the behaviors that you won't tolerate or that you discourage? I mean, it's okay. If you want to bring me one, just know that you're out and I'm not going to let you work your two weeks. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to go ahead and go now because you're done. You've already mentally checked out and emotionally checked out. Now you're going to walk around in a comatose fashion or talk to people. No, let's just be done. Number eight. Why is the company experiencing chaos today? You're going to answer this question for yourself. So when chaos is in an organization, people can feel it. They feel it on the front line. They feel it, whatever it looks like for your company, they're going to feel it there, right? Chaos in the grocery store at the checkout stand can be the result of not enough checkout people or not enough trained checkout people or not the right checkout people have been hired in the first place for the number of shoppers and no one to bag your groceries, no one to check you out efficiently. And the checkout people are going to feel the chaos long before the managers, who's probably talking to some distributor in an aisle or in their office in the back. So where does your company feel chaos first? And how have you prepared your employees to identify the chaos? What does it feel like? How's it addressed? How can you make a plan to support them when they're going to be feeling this chaos? Talking about the chaos is the first line of defense. Don't ignore the conversation. If people try to bring up issues and problems with you about the chaos they're feeling, you need to stop what you're doing and listen and address it and listen to it and think about it and help brainstorm about it. Find out how chaos looks in your company and take steps to manage it proactively. Number nine, why is it a good thing to have chaos? Well, for one thing, A little bit of chaos keeps your company focused as in nature chaos is critical for growth. I've explained that the caterpillar goes through a difficult transition to become a butterfly in the chrysalis stage. The caterpillar starts to change and change quickly. If anything interrupts the stage of transition, the butterfly is never coming. It's going to die. Chaos is needed in nature and in organizations to keep us growing, developing and changing and emerging. And you, as the leader, your main job is to help that organization walk the line between equilibrium and chaos every single day. Too much equilibrium and the company will slow down. It will stop. It'll get boring. It'll be repetitious. People will get tired of it. And people get tired of success. Yes, they do. When their jobs become so easy, it's like shooting ducks in a pond. They'll get bored. They'll want a challenge right? If you have too much chaos, then you get spinning out of control. So the best approach to chaos is introduce it. When you want to introduce innovation, you want to introduce change. Chaos is going to naturally show up and then talk about it. Let people know they're going to expect it. Let people know you're here to help. Let people vent their frustrations when things come around that get hectic and allow chaos to exist with an understanding of what it is why it's here, what it's going to lead to, how it can be controlled, and know that we're turning into a butterfly slowly but surely painfully. And finally, number 10, what can we do to minimize the impact that chaos has on us? Well, I've been talking about that. You've got to communicate. You've got to discuss. you got to share what's going on in the organization that appears on the surface as chaotic, and then drill down to some solutions that keep people from feeling too uncomfortable or nervous. Allow them to think proactively of ways to address the chaos. You can always tell that veterans, people who've been in the organization for a while, they've been through several changes, and people who have not been there very long, Because the veteran people can be a great aid to you go, look, it's always this way. When we change things, we always go through this period. Then it always straightens out and we're better than before. And good veteran employees can help you do that. Engage employees to be detectives, find out where the problems are and encourage them to find solutions and share them with you. Chaos is difficult to deal with when it's ignored the best defense against chaos. Is a solid offense. Address these questions early on, and your life's going to be easier as you grow your company, because as you grow, you're going to go through chaos every time you hit a new stage of growth. And don't allow chaos to destabilize your company. Don't allow it. The whole purpose of chaos is for you to get bigger and better and more growth to come in. Chaotic times are always going to be there. It's how you cope with them that's going to allow you to grow and move forward. And all these challenges and chaos need to be dealt with or else they will follow you as long as you're at the company. These problems will continue to be there and they'll be like that leg, that knee, that hip, that shoulder that you need to have surgery on and you keep trying to just exist every day with the pain. Don't do it. Solve it, move into the next stage, move into capacity of growth and out of the chaos just as soon as you possibly can. Even though chaos is inevitable, it's going to happen. The trick is to try to keep it as short as possible. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Follow me on Twitter, Tony Richards 4. I give you six, seven, eight tweets a day. You can come over to our Facebook page where I'll give you four or five updates a day. Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach, or you can connect with me, LinkedIn. My handle is Tony Richards 4. Special thanks to our super producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week, I'm coach Tony Richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get
0: better.